privilege. Let's give her a big round of applause as she comes up. Pastor Melissa Hill. Fantastic. Don't you love Pastor Jacob? No? Yes? I love him. <laughs> Even though he teases me when he has the mic up here. But now I have the mic, so it's good, hey? Welcome to our first-time visitors. It's good to have you in the house. Put your hands together. I uh, would love to grab a coffee with you and connect with you after the service. Anyone joining us online as well, it's good to have you uh, with us. I just want to say we're super excited uh, about the building and thank you that those ha those that have given their pledges so far uh, we really want to say thank you so much and I also want to say um, let's not get precious about driving is that all right let's not get precious about driving because we want all our Padbury people to come with yeah we really do and uh, and you know I don't want to boast or anything I know Paul was like in the Bible now you got me boasting you know, uh, but we've been driving myself and Jacob for 10 years, 25, 30 minutes to get here. Uh, so it's just your turn to drive, yeah? Let's stick together, yeah, because there's many lives to be reached, amen? Is that all right? Yeah. All right. Now, the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to lay a foundation today um, and then Pastor Adele is going to kick on. Are you ready? Yeah. And then um, Jacob's going to come in and bring it home the week after. So you don't want to miss any Sunday uh, over the next few weeks. Not that we miss any Sundays because it's always good to be in church, right? Uh, but this has been one of those messages for me uh, that has been fairly tough because as a preacher, it has to go uh, through you before it comes out of you. And uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Ugh challenging I tell you very challenging particularly when um, God decides he wants to do a deep work within you uh, and to top it all off I went to sit down last night at about 8 p.m. just to finish off and have a bit of a prayer and I lost all my notes that I'd been working on all week and so I had a major test of the fruit of the spirit <laughs> right in that moment, I tell you that much. So praise Jesus, hey, God is good. All right, so we're just going to pray because I'm going to need God today. Holy Spirit, I pray you show up. Lord, we just thank you uh, for who you are. We thank you for this word. Uh, we thank you for every single person here right now. I pray you prepare our hearts and we thank you that your word does not return void, that it would land on good soil, Father God, and go deep in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I am no horticulturalist. I can barely even say the word, right? If you know myself and Jacob, I had to practice to say that and I don't even think I got it right. If you know myself and Jacob at all, we're pretty terrible at this type of stuff. So gardening, landscaping, uh, keeping plants alive, not our thing. We like to keep things pretty simple uh, in this department. I'm thinking fake turf in the new place, that's for sure, uh, with the least amount of work as possible. In fact, we went a right way recently and uh, my mum says to me, okay, so what plants need watering? And it was such a novel question. I had to think about it for a moment and I was like, mum, no plants need watering. What are you talking about? We have no plants that need watering. It's us, me and Jacob. We don't have plants that need watering. So I'm no horticultural, culture, that thing, right? See, I practiced for so long. I'm not that. But I can tell you one three thing. There's a lemon tree that grows. There's a lemon tree at the end of our street. Jacob actually takes lemons from there, by the way. But don't worry, he has permission. He has permission. 
But the reason I can tell you that it's a lemon tree is because there's lemons growing on it. The same way I could tell you that an orange tree is an orange tree because of the oranges that are growing on it. In the same way I can tell you that someone has the Spirit of God at work within them from what is coming from them, the fruit that is coming from them. Jesus said in the Bible, you will know them by their fruit. So fruit matters. Fruit matters in the natural. What is, the, uh, what is it? Uh, an apple a day will keep the doctor away. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, I love interaction. <laughs> An apple a day keeps the doctor away. And, and so fruit matters in the natural and it matters in the supernatural. It matters in the supernatural. John fifteen sixteen says this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You know, apparently it's really hard, and I read this because I've been reading up and on stuff, apparently it's really hard to tell the difference between uh, a pear tree and an apple tree from a, difference, from, from a distance. So you have to get up really close to see the fruit, uh, to examine the fruit, to see what type of tree it is. And there's certain types of behaviours and certain types of attitudes, uh, fruits, if you like, that come from our lives that tell us whether we're being controlled by the flesh or led by the spirit. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But before that, just as a reminder, and for those that uh, don't know, if you're a believer, when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, you became born again right so you got given a new spirit so in that moment you became justified it's called uh, justification you got given a brand new spirit so you were made righteous you were made worthy you were made in that moment you were made perfect in God's eyes a transaction took place it can't be explained except for the fact of what Jesus Christ did on the cross he took it, the sin for us, and in that moment, when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you received his worthiness, his righteousness. So you became, what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. And if you're sitting in this building this morning or listening to us online and you've never uh, given your heart to Jesus Christ, you've never uh, had that take place, you've never had that personal encounter, then we can give you an opportunity uh, right after this message. So that's justification. Justification. However, there's always a however, right? Your flesh, your, your mind, your body, your emotions, your will are still you right and then in that moment though a process begins and this process is called sanctification sanctification it's a it's a process where a journey begins where we become more like Christ but it's a journey it's a process we begin to be transformed from the inside out and we start to become holy as he is holy and the thing is is we never arrive ever we never arrive. We continue on this process until we meet Jesus Christ himself. How awesome is that? 
Philippians 1.6 says this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. And so you're in this place of being, of you've been, been made new. So you've been made new, been given a new spirit and you're being made new. Does that make sense? You're made new and you're being made new. Justification, sanctification. 2 Corinthians 3.18, so all of us have had that veil removed and can, and can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And so that's the, that's the goal, to make us more like Jesus, to make us more like Jesus. I remember when I first gave my heart to Jesus and I literally felt the veil being lifted over my eyes and I didn't even know it was in the Bible. I did not know it was in the Bible, but I felt like this veil had been lifted from my eyes. And I began to see, and I know it sounds a little bit silly, but it's like I began to see nature for the first time, like in a different light. I began to see the birds and the lake and, and, and the trees in, in, a, in a different way. It was like that veil had been lifted. And it was in this time that I'd been given a brand new spirit. I'd been made worthy. I'd been made righteous. I'd been made perfect in his eyes in that moment. But in that moment also a process had begun and that process of sanctification, this journey of becoming more Christ-like that continues today and tested last night when I lost my sermon. Praise Jesus. And at times it feels like a spiritual tug-of-war. Have you ever played tug-of-war? You know, just when you're playing tug-of-war and you're getting dragged towards, you know, they have a line in the middle, you know, and you're getting dragged towards the line and just when you feel like you're about to lose some mighty force from behind you and it's normally some big guy or a bunch of guys flexing their muscles uh, because their egos aren't going to go down right and you start to get pulled back and you're like, oh, I'm winning. And then when you think you're about to win, you kind of get pushed for because the guys on the other side, they're like, we're not going down. And there's a mighty force from the end. You get pulled and, and, and backwards and forwards it goes, this, this battle between the flesh and the spirit, this spiritual tug of war, the flesh and the spirit, the spirit and the flesh. God, help us all. Paul talks about it. If you struggle with it, it could be only me. <laughs> But he talks about it. It's so cool that it's addressed in the Bible and he writes a letter to the church of Galatia. And we, I want to read it. I'm going to read the whole scripture. And this is the scripture that um, we're going to be working from, from uh, over the next three weeks, if that's okay. So we're going to read uh, the whole lot this morning. It's good to read the Bible in church, right? You got your Bibles? Turn, open your Bibles. I think we got a bit lazy here because we've got always the scriptures, right? Who's got a Bible? Let's turn to our Bibles. <laughs> All right, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. We should have it on the screen behind us, do we? Yeah? So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing uh, what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. 
these two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ouch. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Massive piece of scripture. There's just so much to unpack there, right? Uh, So lucky we're doing three weeks and uh, hopefully I've got the easy part and we'll let Adele and Jacob dig a little bit deeper. Foundation this morning, right? But Paul explains this struggle between the flesh and the spirit, but then he gives his advice, his solution to it. And he says, let your lives be guided by the Holy Spirit. Let yourselves be led by the Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So let yourselves be led by the Holy Spirit. And he reminds us that we're not under the law anymore, that we're being set free. We are set free. You are set free. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about relationship and love. Earlier in the passage, if you back up a little bit, because I want to give a little bit of context, uh, Paul clearly instructs the church of Galatia in verse 1, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't get caught up in the law again. Don't get caught up in rules and regulations. We've been given a free gift and that is the gift of grace and it's freely given from God to us. There's nothing we did to, re- to, to, to get it, to receive it. It is freely given. And Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So we're all sinners, all of us. None of us get to a a point where we can point the finger. We're all sinners, all of us, including myself, Pastor Adele, uh, Pastor Bakia sitting right here, all of us. We We all fall short of the glory of God. That's why we need Jesus. Otherwise, what would we need him for? That's why we need Jesus. And Paul instructs us to use this freedom, though, that we have wisely. Verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. And that's I feel, is what the message is for us today and what I want us to focus on um, 
I'll read it again. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. This freedom we have is because of love. It was because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever shall believe will not perish but have eternal life. And God wants us to continue on in this love, serving each other humbly through love. Love has to be the motive. It has to be the motive. Love is why we choose to be led by the Spirit. If we've got a choice to be led by the Spirit or be controlled by the flesh, it's love is why we choose to be led by the Spirit. Whichever way you chop it up, love is at the core, is at the foundation, is the motive. It's what's behind it. We're we're putting things in context here. It's our love for God and it's our love for other people. Absolutely integral that we get that. That's our foundation, love. He continues on in verse 14. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. Everything we do is from love and because of love. You know, I read something recently that just captures uh, this and I just thought it was really cool. I actually read it in a devotion, um, I think it was yesterday, and it it says this, religion argues, love acts. Isn't that awesome? Religion argues, love acts. That's the difference. So Paul is very clear in saying, be led by the Holy Spirit, be directed by the Holy Spirit as we deal with the flesh and the spirit. And he outlines in verse 19 what happens when we're not. And so we'll read it again. Uh, And it says this, So the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, should I keep reading? Dissension, division, keep going, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. I want to say to you this morning, if you see yourself in this, don't be too discouraged. I want to say one thing. Number one, Romans 8, 1, it says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, condemnation means punishment. So there's no punishment in Christ Jesus because he's already taken your punishment. Okay, so don't start getting the whip out and and whipping yourself on the back because Jesus has already been whipped for you. Amen. And it's like nailing him back to the cross. That's what the Bible says. Why are you nailing him back to the cross? Because he's already taken the punishment. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So let's not get the whips out and start whipping ourselves. Amen. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now that doesn't mean we can't have a godly sorrow and allow God to work on our heart and, and allow it to... Uh, to 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 draw us to the Father's heart and say, Lord, I'm sorry, and repent. Repent means to agree, hey, God, that's wrong, I'm sorry, and and help me with this. Just because there's no condemnation, it doesn't mean we can't come to him and say, God, I'm sorry, and agree with him and say, help me, help me. It's this journey, it's this process, and that's the second point. The second point is remember it's a process. We're on a journey, the journey of sanctification, 
None of us ever arrive. We're all on different parts of the journey. It's this tug of war, you know, with the powerful force behind us, pulling us this way and that way. But as we continue on, we mature and we should be coming more and more like Christ and we get stronger. And that, that used to bother you before, shouldn't bother you any longer, but then you have another thing that you're dealing with. And on and on it goes. But we have Jesus. Amen? Repent just means to agree with God and turn your way of thinking. So just like the lemon tree down the road, I like that lemon tree, and we love our lemons, but we don't, so it's just, and they don't use them, and they said, grab them whenever you want, it's awesome. But anyway, this, just like this lemon tree down the road can't decide one day, like it can't just one day go, today I want to grow oranges. <laughs> oh, today... I want to grow some oranges and then just try really hard to grow some oranges. It's not going to happen, is it? It is not going to happen. And the Holy Spirit gives us both gifts and fruit. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the gifts and it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the fruit. Now, the difference between the spiritual gifts uh, and the fruit is that the spiritual gifts are, are like... Um, is like you it's like you get a Christmas gift you get given it and then you got it like you get given it once and then you have it but the fruit is cultivated over time it's it's given over time it's produced the Holy Spirit produces the fruit within us we can't make it happen but it's the Holy Spirit that does it in us and we know that because it says it in verse 22 But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. So this fruit that we just read, this really is the character of God, isn't it? Really that's all it is. It's the person of Jesus Christ. It's it's the person of Jesus Christ. Goodness, kindness, faithfulness, uh, uh, self-control. And so it matters. Fruit matters. It's just as important, if not more important, than the gifts. It has to be. You know, I have the gift of leadership, but if I'm not patient and kind and gentle, then we have a problem. Parts of my flesh need to be surrendered so I can become more like Jesus. You know, if it, it doesn't matter how gifted you are if you're not being faithful in that area that God is calling you to because one of the fruit is faithfulness. It, it doesn't matter how gifted you are if you don't love people, if the reason you're doing it is not born out of love, if your motive is not love, if it's for some sort of something else, ego or, or to to get some sort of need met or whatever it may be, if the motive is not love, if the foundation is not love, then there's a problem and the fruit needs to be developed. But it's the Holy Spirit that produces it within you. It doesn't matter how gifted you are if you're full of anxiety. We need to allow the peace of God to come and fill those areas because one of the fruit is peace. You know, they say it's your gift that gets you in the room, but it's your character that keeps you in your room. And that's what the fruit is about. It's about the character. It's not so much about the gift. And I want to look at uh, a famous uh, wedding. We use this scripture 
for weddings all the time but I want to look at it from a different angle and I believe it highlights how integral the fruit is but also it shows how the fruit is so much more important than the gift because the gift ends at some stage but the fruit remains. The fruit remains eternally. It says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. I, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Verse 8, love never fails but where there are prophecies they will cease. They will cease. Where there are tongues they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge it will pass away. I've only seen this for the first time. For where we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or a woman, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. These things pass. Fruit matters fruit remains and the question is 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 what fruit are you producing and the team can come what fruit what fruit is coming from your life and you don't have to tell me but it's something to have a look at because I've had to this week (laughs) it's your turn now (laughs) as we examine and look at our hearts and begin to see what God's doing what source is it coming from the flesh or the spirit because it's not hard to tell is it because it's very clear from the scripture we just read wasn't it very very clear I mean he couldn't make it any more plain could he Paul I mean he really doesn't mince his words does he I'm glad about that because I'm not one to mince them either really mum always told me that haven't you working on it Praise Jesus, working on it. But like anything with God, you know, we always have our part to play. You know, we do what we can in the natural and he does the supernatural. So, for example, we tithe and give and he blesses and multiplies our finances, right? Or another example is is we give and, and I mean, we serve and work hard and, and he opens doors and propels us into our destiny. It's amazing. You begin to serve in your local church and and you see what God does in your life. And the key for the fruit of the Spirit being produced within us, because again, it's the Holy Spirit. We can't, that lemon tree down at the end of my street, can't just decide it's going to produce oranges. So we have to remember it's the Holy Spirit that produces this fruit in us. But what we can do, the key for this fruit, for allowing this fruit to be produced within us is found in John 15 verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
So your part is to remain in him. Sounds simple, right? What does that look like? It looks like being in church like you are today. Awesome. It, it means having your quiet times in the morning or at night. Who am I to say morning? They say morning's pretty good though. It sets your day if you can. Um, but that's a little bit of debate, so I'm not going to get into that. You decide. Um, and so, yeah, your quiet times, prayer, reading the word, however you do it, go for prayer walks, whatever it is. Um, spending time with God is so key. Growth groups, we're, we're about to start in two weeks. Getting alongside other like-minded Christians. Getting into a growth group, unpacking the word more, learning with other believers. That's remaining in Him. Remain in me. Building friendships with other Christians. Allowing, allowing Him to go to those places perhaps that you have walls around. Those places perhaps that we need to surrender. He wants to bring healing. Those places. And the goal is not to condemn, but to make you more like Jesus. It's pretty awesome though. It's a pretty awesome goal to become more like Jesus. And imagine if we're all committed fully to this process, what that would look like. If each of us sitting in this room and whoever's listening online, if we fully committed to this process of sanctification, the Bible says that the world would know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. How awesome is that? The world would know that we are his disciples, the disciples of Jesus Christ by our love for one another. Because we're using our freedom not to indulge the flesh, but to humbly serve one another. Humbly serve one another. What a witness to our community, to our nation, to our city and beyond. Amen. Amen. I want to take us back to Jesus' death and I'm going to wrap up now. Jesus' death on the cross, he died and rose again that you might live for him. He died and rose again that you might live for him. He died and rose again that you might come back into a relationship with your heavenly father. We're all born separated from God and he sent his son Jesus to bring us back into relationship with our heavenly father. And you might be sitting here today and you're far from God. You may have committed to him once upon a time and perhaps today you need to make a recommitment or maybe you've never made that decision and, and entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never, you've never made that decision and stepped into that. And so today in a moment we're going to give you that opportunity and it's a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer. There's a scripture in John 14, 16 that says, uh, Jesus said this, I'm the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. So it simply is just accepting Jesus Christ into your heart and choosing to live for him, saying, God, forgive me. And this day I choose to live for you. That's all it is. And so church, just as we bow our heads, uh, we're going to pray this prayer all together. And if you'd like to pray this prayer for the very first time, just believe it with all of your heart. And pray it out loud, church, if you follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask you that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. Amen. Just as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, 
If you prayed that prayer for the very first time uh, this morning, if you could uh, do me um, the honour of just lifting your hand in the air, just so I can see it. I'm not going to um, call you to the front or anything like that. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Just one more moment. If there's anybody else, is anybody else that prayed that prayer for the very first time? Is that a hand down the back there? I see that hand. Good on you. It's a fantastic decision there. Praise God. Thank you, Father God. You are so worthy. One more moment. Anyone else in the building? If you're online, if you can contact us, pop it in the comments. We'll reach out to you. We'll send you some resources. Lord, I thank you for those that raised their hands this morning. We just thank you that, uh, what a day. We thank you that today they step into, back into relationship with you. I just pray that you just bless them on their journey, protect them, speak to them. We just commit um, them to you and we just, uh, we just celebrate with you. The angels in heaven are celebrating right now because of the decision that you've made today. So we celebrate uh, alongside those angels celebrating today. Praise Jesus. And I just want to um, pray for uh, the rest of us here. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. It's been, it was tough to deliver, but uh, worth it, Father God. Again, we're just your vessel and we thank you for just who you are. And I just pray for every single person, those areas that perhaps they're struggling in, where they're struggling just with that, that, that their, uh, their flesh, Lord God, the sinful nature where they just can't seem to break through. I just pray for breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for freedom in this house, Lord God. And we thank you that those that you set free are free indeed, Lord God. And I pray that this church will begin to walk in the freedom that you died to give them, Father God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that there is no condemnation in you, Father God. And I pray that we continue to be led by your spirit, Father God. I just feel that if there's anybody that would like prayer this morning as the team play, we're just going to open up the altar. And if you would like prayer in any area, um, we're going to pray for you this morning if you would like prayer. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to stand to your feet and let's worship the King. If anyone wants prayer, please come forward. Don't be shy. This is what church is about.